If you've gotten out much in these last couple of months to you know, visit a store or shop that was, that was open, you may have noticed the employees of that store wearing shirts that deemed them essential workers. Now, had this been any other time other than the time we're in, and we walked in a store and saw workers telling us that they were essential workers, we might uh, have think differently than we do today because today, in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, we're glad they're in place. Uh, but this morning, I want to begin a new series of messages that I'm simply entitling Essential Spirituality. And it's my hope in the messages to come to present the truths that Scripture deems essential to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And then to that, in considering uh, what kind of messages would go into the theme of essential spirituality, I realized that the first message or the first word, the first truth that must be proclaimed under essential spirituality is for all to answer the question Jesus asked as he stood with his disciples at Caesarea Philippi. We find that in Matthew 16, verses 13 through 19. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am, or that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then he asked them, but who then do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you're Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, or upon Peter's statement, upon his answer to Jesus, upon that faithful proclamation, he says, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom uh, of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you forbid uh, on earth will be I'm. My eyes are going too fast. <laughs> Whatever will be forbidden in heaven uh, will be forbidden on earth. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Somewhere along the line, I think I read all of the words, just not in the correct order that uh, is, is listed. But uh, anyway, um, what we find in this dialogue that Jesus had with his disciples is something extremely important. Again, Jesus goes on to say that the answer to these questions 
is going to be the foundation stone upon which the church of Jesus Christ is built. Upon which the foundation of God in this world, upon the truth of the Christ Messiah, the coming world will be built upon that truth. The church today finds its strength, its foundation in that question. Who do others say that I am? And then, who do you say that I am? Two questions Jesus asked. Both questions are significant. Both questions are applicable to us today. We'll look at the first question this morning, the second question to follow next week. The first question Jesus asked his disciples as he gathered them together is, who do others say that I am? What are others saying about me? What are you hearing from them? The whispers as we walk through a town. What are they saying? He was asking his disciples, guys, what's known about me? What do you know about me? Well, they responded, well, what we're hearing is this. Some people saying are saying that you're John the Baptist. Others think that you're probably Elijah. Some think you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. If I were there, I would have started jumping up and down, yelling, what, what, what? Who are these people giving these responses? Have they ever met Jesus? Had they ever heard him speak? Had they ever seen him perform a holy miracle? Do they, do they know who he is? Have they seen him interact with people and his loving, gentle ways, calling him a prophet or John the Baptist? I would rather you call him Satan than to call him a mere man. Well, anyway, it's important for us to get hold of this question. Who do others say that I am? What are others saying about me specifically? Why this is important, in 2 Corinthians 11.4, Paul wrote these words. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Now, if you're like me upon my first reading of that passage, I thought, that this doesn't sound right. Something is off in this passage. He's talking about another Jesus, a different spirit, a different gospel, and this church accepting it. Well, the contradiction is quickly cleared up in the preceding verse. 2 Corinthians 11.3, Paul wrote, But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, 
your minds may have been corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The point I want to make is this. In Paul's admonition to the church at Corinth, he implicitly warned them about the potential of another Jesus. He spoke of another gospel and of another spirit, but he identified another Jesus. Now, historians tell us that there were uh, a number of people who came proclaiming themselves to be the Christ Messiah before Jesus came. And then there were many who came after Jesus proclaiming themselves to be Jesus or Jesus reincarnated. In fact, there are six people in the world today who claim to be Jesus or Jesus reincarnated. And so this question Jesus asked has great validity. Who do others say I am? The order that he asked the questions is very important. Because, you see, before you can answer the second question Jesus asked, but who do you say that I am, you need to make sure that you know who the real Jesus is. I mean, can't you see Jesus gathering his disciples together, saying, guys, come on, tell me what you know. Give me your collective thoughts. I know there's a lot of misinformation out there. I know there's a lot of pressure out there. Guys, I want you to tell me what you're hearing and what you think because time is running out and you need to be certain. Right now, I need to know what you think. Same question could be asked of us. What do you think about the person of Jesus? What have you heard about who he is? What is the information you have collected? What are the thoughts the definition, what picture comes into your mind when you say the name Jesus? You gather your information, you've processed the knowledge, you've in, you, you, you have investigated, and you're satisfied with an incomplete knowledge. Because you see, those of you who claim to have rejected Jesus, you've not rejected Jesus. You, you don't know Jesus enough to reject him. In truth, folks, if you never get to know the Jesus of the Bible, if you never investigate the Bible for yourself to know the Jesus of the Bible, you are setting yourself up. Because how do you know if you're even right or wrong?
if you've not investigated the Jesus of the Bible, if you've not read who he is in the scripture, seriously, it is unfair for you to carry the baggage of the opinions of others, friends, family, uh, professors, and you carry that information about the person of Jesus so that when Jesus asks you, who do you say that I am? You can't answer because you don't know who he is. You've just depended on others, and that is intellectual dishonesty. Know the Jesus of the Bible. This also not only has application for non-believers, it has application for believers as well. You know, experts claim that the first impressions that a child has of the nature of God is through his father. And I don't dispute that at all. But if you leave the child to understand God on his own, he will picture God in some form of his father. And you see, that only works well if you, if you have a perfect father. And no one does. And sometimes that picture of God that we get through our father can create a lot of hurt, can wound us very severely. At best, we get an incomplete, totally inadequate representation of God that paints Jesus in any way that he is not. And it has consequences for all of us. Christians, I tell you the truth when I say that many of us struggle in our walk with, with God, not just because of a doctrinal misunderstanding or overt rebellion or even lack of faith, but because of deep, hidden, unseen wounds, emotional calluses that we wrap ourselves in, walls of protection that keep God on the other side. And he's drawing us, he's calling us, he wants us to come because he wants to fill us with grace and mercy and love. 
both for the unbeliever to become born again and for the Christian so that your life can be made full. The internet has long been known as a breeding ground for things like secret affairs and uh, uh, that type of behavior. But going on behind the scenes, there are people with fake names, hidden identities, and this continues. The internet feeds it. But back in 2005, what started as a game of pretend ended with deadly consequences. Tall, hot, blonde, 18, met Marine Sniper. And the result of this meeting would cause the death of one young man. Tall, hot, blonde said that she was a beautiful, young, long-haired, blonde young lady, and she provided a picture to prove it. Marine Sniper also claimed to be 18, and they hooked up on a teenage uh, uh, site. Things heated up quickly between tall, hot, blonde, and Marine Sniper until he was caught. And his wife sent an email to Tall Hot Blonde showing a picture of their family and revealing that Marine Sniper was really Thomas Montgomery, a 46-year-old married man with three kids. Well, once Tall Hot Blonde found out that Marine Sniper was really 46 and not 18, she moved on. However, she never really let Marine Sniper go. But in moving on, she met another uh, hidden personality. This one's handle was Beefcake. Now, Beefcake was indeed a 22-year-old part-time worker and college student whose name was Brian Barrett. And Brian, Brian's entrance into the story creates the proverbial love triangle. Tall blonde uh, 18 worked hard to keep the two men on a string, but inevitably, obsession took over. Jealousy followed with rage, such that on September the 15th, 2006, three shots rang out from the barrel of a military rifle. And Marine sniper Thomas Montgomery, age 46, killed Brian Barrett, age 22, beefcake, as he exited work that day. After putting the pieces together, the police got a final surprise uh, in the story as they located the address of Tall Hot Blonde 18. 
They knocked on the door, uh, following their leads, and were stunned to be met by a 45-year-old Mary Sheeler. Not a tall, hot blonde, 18. In fact, the picture that she placed uh, that everyone saw was her daughter. You know, we teach our kids early on that it's important in this life to know who you're dealing with. And indeed it is. But if it's that important to know who you're dealing with for the betterment of this life, don't you think it's eons more important to know who you're dealing with in the life to come? Please know that the Lord Jesus stands before you and is asking, what have others said about me? What have they taught you? What do you claim to know about me? To the unbeliever, you can be born again today. To the Christian, surrender, surrender, and allow the peace of God to fill your heart.